Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, Keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. podcast, 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 podcast. Yo, what's going on, people? You're now locked into this notice podcast. This is like my third attentive intro. I was thinking, oh, let me do like a cool intro. And then I realized I don't like intros or pods. I just like people getting straight into it. We know what podcast to listen to because we just clicked it. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, boom. I hope you've had a good week so far. Enjoy the heat wave. The heat wave is getting even more heaty. <laughs> That's terrible English. But yeah, Monday, Tuesday, stay safe out there, people. 37 degrees. I hope you enjoy your barbecues, your walks in the parks, your link-ups, beer gardens, all those things there. See me, I'm staying at my house, unless I'm playing football on Tuesday, which is hanging the banners as it stands. Anyway, as we like to do, we pick up the most recent pod, and that's the Sri Lanka economic crisis and presidential president running for his life. What's happened in Sri Lanka is crazy. Effectively, the economy is in the mud. The pandemic slapped them, but it's mainly due to economic mismanagement from the government, which meant they just they turned the country upside down. Some quick points from the podcast you can listen to in detail. For example, they literally said for two weeks, you can't get fuel unless you're essential. So you're talking about taxis, um, ambulances, buses. So imagine like most people can't get fuel. Food was down. They ran up in the president's house. They were taking showers and selfies in there. They took over state TV. So imagine like BBC got taken over by protesters. Like they even just handed one government building back. Like they're not, they're not ramping out there and, and more power to them. So check that podcast out. And the one before I give you some details on the candidates vying for Tory party leadership and in effect prime minister becoming the next prime minister of the UK. So check that out. But obviously I'm going to update that as things develop. Now for this week's podcast, I'm focusing on the summer holidays. We are reaching that point where kids are going to get off school and people will be doing up holiday season, right? But it's looking spooky. For those who haven't listened to my pods before or in recent weeks, you've had a little high haters. I flew out recently and it was hell, right? So I'm going to be giving you information and discussing why it's been hell, why airlines and airports are beefing, why this is a phenomenon seen across Europe, and how likely is this to be solved? So that's coming up. Hi, ISM exam and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. What's going on, people? Of course, you're up to the Dysonomics podcast. And this week we are discussing summer holidays. Are they in the balance? Is there any point in me booking a flight? Can I book a flight? What's going on? Well, about a week ago, Heathrow were like, yo, listen, we are going to apologise, right? Due to the recent chaos regarding travel. Now, what's that chaos? Long queue times. Delays for passengers with reduced mobility, so your pregnant women, um, your elderly, your disabled um, travellers. Bags not travelling with passengers, bags arriving late. And again, at the top of the pod in the intro, I referenced that if you haven't listened to the recent pods or listened at all, this is your first time. I've recently flew out, literally the end of June. And I experienced long queue times. I experienced 
bags not traveling with passengers. <laughs> My bag didn't come for seven days, bro. Do you get it? So it's been an absolute mess. And I did fly out from Heathrow Terminal 3. Um, last weekend, they asked airlines to remove 61 flights from Monday 11th of July 2022 um, that are already scheduled as demands were super high, as well as a low number of staff, which we're going to get into in detail. This has affected tens of thousands of passengers. I was in Heathrow, bro. I saw it in my own two eyes. It was spooking. Airports as well as airlines have struggled to recruit staff, to re-recruit staff after removing bare jobs, tens of thousands of jobs during the pandemic. Lockdown, of course, during lockdown, there was, there was severely reduced flight traffic because loads of countries are shutting borders. There was lockdown, you were banned from traveling, apart from my boy CR Black, who seemingly traveled every bloody month. He went to eight countries during 2020. Big up him, also stream CR Black's Jordan Ones, banger. Even me, I flew out of the pandemic, I don't give a heck. But for the most of us, we weren't flying out. UK holiday demand has now returned almost to pre-pandemic level because, okay, now we're at a point where COVID is on, it's all on the agenda, but at the back, there's no, there's no, there's pretty much no restrictions on anything. Festivals, nightclubs, eating out, meeting parents. You don't even have to take COVID tests to certain destinations. I didn't have to take a COVID test to fly out at all. I just showed my vaccine passport and I was Gucci. So, and of course, this is the summer period. We're getting closer to summer when kids are off. So, and this is where people tend to fly. These are the peak traveling times. The government, as well as aviation regulator, wrote to airline carriers to ask them to ensure that their summer timetable is deliverable. They're like, listen, don't be saying you're going to run these flights if you can't deliver on them. And that includes being able to get people through all this baggage claim, so on and so forth. Since the first week of July, BA said they're cutting 10,000 short-haul flights between August and end of October. This impacts London Heathrow, London Gatwick, and London City, right? So maybe people's, do you know what I mean? Quick one to Rome, a young Marbs, a young Mykonos, Santorini, do you know what I mean? Ibiza, so on and so forth, are getting pammed. Now, in total, Almost 30,000 flights have been removed from BA schedule between April and October. This is devastating for travellers, as well as for the airline themselves, to be honest. Now, let's talk about like the queues and the facilities right now. Listen, a burst main in Shipley Bridge in Hawley's, Surrey, caused 100 properties to be without water and a further 1,200 to have low pressure. So you're thinking, what's going to do anything? Well, um, Hawley's is the area where Gatwick Airport is. So these, so they also had issues of lower water pressure than normal across the airport. This was first spotted around 8 a.m. Thursday, 14th of July. Toilet facilities at the airport had been closed. So this, of course, added to issues for passengers who are now hit with queues. It was also a bit hot. Now we can't ever use the toilet. Let on Gatwick as well since June have been asking for flights to be pammed and had long queues. Um, now, if you go to up north to Manchester Airport, Managing Director Chris Woodruff um, told BBC that improvements have been made and they expect a vast majority of passengers to have a reasonable experience. Notice the terminology, reasonable. But most will get through security in 20 minutes and get on their plane and fly away, he said. But he also admitted that, listen, there's going to be examples where it ain't going to happen. And I'm going to be sorry. I'm, I'm issuing my apology in advance. 
Now let's look at flight cancellations. So we've spoken already about BA cutting almost 30,000 flights. EasyJet are clapping off 10,000 flights from July to September. Airlines are trying to return to almost a full pre-pandemic level of scheduling of flights, right? However, they simply don't have the capacity. You know when Big Chat said, I don't think I have the facilities to fulfill that big man. They don't have the capacity. We don't have the capacity. They don't have the staff to match this almost pre-pandemic level of summer holiday demand. Ground handlers are finding it hard to rehire workers. They've clapped off so many jobs. According to analytics firm um, Sirium, the number of last minute flight cancellations from the UK has been up 188% from June 2022 compared to June 19, which was of course the year before pandemic. So if you look at the year before pandemic, so if you look at June 2019, which was like what, six, eight months before the pandemic, compared to June 2022, which is three years later, we're seeing almost a triple in cancellations. Low-cost European airlines carrier Wizz Air has said that it will reduce its peak summer flight program in an effort to avoid flight cancellations and delays, right? The, Hung the Hungarian airline said it will trim its capacity by a further 5%. They're having to trim down. They're having to get in shape because they can't reach, reach the demand. Industry bosses have urged the government to allow them to recruit workers from overseas as one potential fix to staff shortages. But right, right in the Sunday Times, Philip Joyner, the group chief executive of Menin's, Menzies Aviation, said ministers should add, should add aviation workers to shortage occupational lists as the country enters peak travel um, season. Do you remember when um, the government announced that they're going to um, get the HG, HGV drivers to, to uh, be on this list after like how they switch up the immigration rules, duh, 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 which is of course impacting after Brexit um, staff members and we saw queues for fuel and a delay in shipments being come into the UK simply due to the shortage of HGV drivers. But of course, Grant Shapps, Transport Secretary, rejected that. So, and I remember Ryan, I think it was Ryanair's boss that was speaking on Sky News potentially and he said, listen, the issue is we just don't have the staff. And, and listen, he said we're patterned, but other airlines ain't. And he goes, and of course, also that goes, and he also um, singled out the airports themselves for not being, not being proactive in sorting this. And he said, listen, British people simply don't want to take these jobs. They don't want to take these jobs, so that's why there are shortages of staff. But we're gonna get to that in a bit. Another issue is passenger limits now. From on July the 12th, London Heathrow asks airlines to stop selling tickets for summer departures as they've capped the number of passengers flying from the airport to 100,000 a day. That means 100,000 UK passengers can leave the airport a day. And this is to help with the limit of, to limit uh, baggage delays, cancellations, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's due to help that. London Heathrow, as well as others across the continent, are struggling to deal with this. So it's not just Heathrow themselves. If you look at pre-pandemic, so if you look at the summer holiday of July to August 2019, London Heathrow had about 110,000 and sometimes over 125,000 passengers every day. Now you've clapped off 25,000, potentially, a day. So if we look at um, an open letter 
from Tuesday from the CEO, John Harlan's Kai. He said, some airlines have taken significant action, but others have not. And we believe that further action is needed to ensure passengers have a safe and reliable journey. We have therefore made a difficult decision to introduce a capacity cap with effect from July the 12th up until September the 11th. We recognise that this will mean more summer holidays will be either moved to another day, another airport or be cancelled, and we apologise to those whom, whom's, whose travel plans are affected. Of course, London Hub said the cap was in line with limits implemented as at, at rivals. So if you look at Shiphole in Netherlands, they've capped passengers' numbers by about 16%, lower than 2019 levels, and Frankfurt have capped flights at peak times from 104 per hour to 94. So we've seen this across the continent where they're doing their, they're trying to handle this issue by also now limiting the amount of passengers getting out on a daily basis. Heathrow said the average number of outbound seats still still remain in the, in the summer schedules. Um, no, he said Heathrow said the average number of outbound seats still remain in the summer schedules was 104,000 a day. So 4,000 above his cap, but I said an average of 1.5,000 of these 4,000 seats have been sold to passengers. If you look at the words of Willie Walsh, the Director General of the International Air Transport Association, IATA, and former CEO of British Airways, he said that Heathrow should have gotten his act together after airlines predicted a strong rebound in traffic. They clearly got it wrong, he told Reuters. So airlines are pamming Heathrow. And I know Heathrow have been trying to pam airlines, but I think I might be signing with the... I'm not sure. I think it's kind of both of these men, really and truly. But anyway, so where do they go wrong? Well, star shortages. It's as simple as that, star shortages. Cutting too many jobs during COVID. Airlines UK said companies have cut 30,000 jobs since the pandemic. Many people who've been laid off, guess what they did? When I got other jobs in other industries. So now you can't recruit these men back because they've cut. French Airlines say that they've got 4,000 vacancies, fam. So yeah, back to the chairman of IATA. He also said it was ridiculous. And he said, the airline, we've been telling you, man, that it's going to rebound. And you've literally dragged your feet. You've done nothing about it. And now it's just hit the fan. You're now saying we should stop selling, stop selling tickets and cancel flights. Are you insane? And to be fair, he's got a point. He does have a point because they, they were warned from early in fact, yeah, the more I think about it, I remember, like, especially I'll be like Heathrow and seeing, like, what it was like. Nah, it's mad. However, f- from the airline's perspective, I remember, like, in the pandemic, they were down bad, they'll complain us for money, but they were making, for the lot of previous 10 years, they made so much money that instead of just having sick cash flow, because they made ridiculous profits, they were giving out mad dividends and they were buying back stock. And when you buy back, what buy back stock means is that of like, with your extra cash that you're making, you make so much profit, you're buying a stock you've already sold. sold. And what this does, what does this do? This actually it just boosts your stock price. So you're inflating your own stock price because life is so good. So, they, so airlines didn't prepare themselves the best as well. But I think airports are probably a bit worse, no, significantly worse than them. Anyway, anyway, back to the matter. So yeah, we're in a very tight labor market, right? And what does that mean? It means that where there's not so many uh, available members of staff that can, available workers that can easily come in and pattern up any shortages in particular industries, right? It, replacing staff is extremely difficult in this economy, right? 
So, and if you look at the Ryanair boss, he says that people don't want to do these jobs which I referenced before. And Ryanair and Jet2 actually, they claim that they've actually started recruiting early enough so they haven't really been affected by staff shortages that they got their docks in a row and big up them. The aviation industry was decimated during COVID and now has to do an enormous rebuilding effort. And that's, um, this is the words of um, Mr. Woodruff, am I mentioned him, the managing director of Manchester Airport. That's airports, airlines, grand handlers, border force, all these organizations have the biggest recruitment effort they ever had to do. The reality is that we're still recruiting. So everybody has to recruit staff, everybody. BBC once, um, I was reading BBC, they said in Terminal 1 Manchester's um, airport, some of Manchester's new security officers, uh, uh, um, recruits, were still learning the ropes. It's taken them three months to begin their new roles due to background checks, security clearances, and training required. So this is another issue that the recruitment process is not even agile enough to get this stuff patterned. Security staff and baggage handlers and airline camera crew have also been taking industrial action across the continent. There's been strikes across the continent. Ryanair staff, who have been doing better than most, but still their staff in Belgium, France, Italy, Portugal, and Spain have been striking over working conditions and pay. EasyJet cabin crew who work from Palma, Barcelona, Malaga, popular destinations, are have been striking. So two of their strikes by the time you're here in this pod have already been already uh, gone ahead. So one strike was from July 1st to the 3rd, another from 15th to 17th, and then there's one still loading from the 29th of 31 for um, a 72 hour strike. Uh, BA check-in staff, they were loading up a strike on Heathrow's head top. 700 workers voted um, for the strike because British Airways didn't reverse a 10% pay cut imposed during the height of the pandemic. So they said, okay, cool, we got something for you. But um, the unions have announced that the strikes have been called off as the airline made a vastly improved pay offer. Big up BA for doing the right thing eventually. And big up the staff for getting what they deserve. So what's happening now and how will it impact us? Although the majority of traveling this summer will not be hit by the cancellations, airports and airlines are still facing a heavy blow to the reputations naturally because of all the matter going on. Even other major airlines such as Lufthansa from Germany and KLM from, from the Netherlands have also cut some flights and even changed ticket pricing to try to stop new customers from booking. And this is so funny because um, I spoke to somebody this weekend at a function and she was telling me um, she always flies to New York and she had um, obviously cancellations because of the pandemic. And so she had a, like a voucher for 600 pounds, which is a kind of usual amount. And then all turned out 1,700. She was like, hell no. But obviously, because of the demand and obviously now flights are at a premium, they're trying to dis- 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 um, disincentivize and sway people away from booking flights with prices. Um, a funny saga for me was Emirates versus London Heathrow. They initially rejected London Heathrow's demands for airlines to stop selling summer tickets. They said it's unreasonable and unacceptable. They accused London Heathrow of having a blatant disregard for customers after it capped numbers to 100,000 a day over the summer, as I, as I stated earlier. Emma said the airports now face an Armageddon situation due to the incompetence and non-action. For a business to come out this heavy and this strong publicly, they, weren't, they didn't pull no punches. 
they were livid. Um, Emma said they were given 36 hours to cut departing passenger numbers and therefore flights, and they were threatened with legal action for not complying, which is pretty bad business and bad faith. Emirates, of course, in a difficult position because they rely heavily, carry large numbers of passengers in big planes from London to Dubai, where most of them actually fly out to long-haul destinations. So Dubai is one of the busiest airports in the world because people tend to go through Dubai to then go to your Thailands, your your Malaysia, your Singapore's, you know what I mean? And so on and so forth. Let alone going to the United Arab Emirates anyway. So it's a very, very difficult thing for the Emirates airline and they don't think they have to cut them. And apparently it's not just uh, Emirates who have the sentiment, others have the sentiment as well, but they're more sitting behind the scene and not coming out publicly and blaming um, London Heathrow like Emirates did. Anyway, Emirates said their ground handling and catering staff were fully ready and capable of handling the demand. And I believe them. You know them, them and a pattern, yeah? They claim the crux of the issue lies with the central services and systems which were the responsibility of the airline operator. However, they then agreed to cap <coughs> sales of their flights uh, until mid-August. In a joint statement, Emirates agreed that the airline's the airline was ready and willing to work with the airport to remediate the situation over the next two weeks to keep demand capacity in balance and provide passengers with a smooth and reliable journey through Heathrow this summer. They also added, in the meantime, Emirates flights from Heathrow operate as scheduled and, ticket, and ticketed passengers may travel as booked. So people who have their joints, so I think there's the compromise. We're not gonna cancel any more of your additional flights, but you know what I mean? Like, like big man, like don't, don't sign anymore, yeah? Another UAE-based airline, Etihad, had told Reuters on Friday that just passed, it would be operating its five return daily Abu Dhabi, London Heathrow flights at full capacity until the end of the month, despite Heathrow's request. They added, Await, they're awaiting further information from the airport's long-term plans for August. Now, I wanted to end this pod. Obviously, I'll give you the information on how catastrophic it is. With some information to arm you, just in case your flights are cancelled or delays. So, these are like your rights, basically. If you're flying from the UK airport, or if you're arriving at UK airport on an EU or UK airline, or you're arriving at an EU airport or the UK airline, you have a number of rights under the UK law. So... If you're fly- so, if you're flying from any UK airport, Birmingham, Manchester, L- Luton, Stansted, London City, Gatwick, Heathrow, whatever, you're entitled to these rights. Now, if you're arriving at a UK airport, so if you're flying back into Manchester, Birmingham, any London one, blah blah blah, on a UK or EU carrier, so that doesn't include um, flipping. Etihad's, Singapore Airlines, Ethiopian Airlines, for example, Air Morocco. But if you're arriving on Lufthansa, Air France, KLM, um, Ryanair, EasyJet, BA, Virgin, then you're entitled to these rights. And if you're arriving at EU airports, so anywhere in the EU, on a UK airline, you're also entitled to these rights. And here are these rights. 
airlines must offer the choice of a refund or an alternative flight regardless of how far in advance cancellations are made so if the cancellation made six months in advance okay cool i don't give a heck my money should be returned or alternative flights must be provided return tickets must be fully refunded if either leg is cancelled period Passengers have a right to be booked on another airline or other suitable mode of transport if it's going to their destination significantly sooner. So if you've got a flight to, uh, let's say you've got a flight, if you're traveling from a UK airport um, to, let's say, Spain, and they canceled your flight, and they said, yo, boy, the next flight is, um, like, in three days, you're entitled to go with another airline if it'll get you there sooner. Simple as. Now, regarding compensation, if the disruption wasn't the airline's fault and was caused by extraordinary circumstances, you're not entitled to compensation. So what, what, is, a, what is an extraordinary circumstance? So, so um, this is stuff like extreme weather or if air traffic if, or if there's air traffic control strikes those, those are things regarded and apparently the system's going down uh, um for the baggage on june 16th 17th that weekend is seen as extreme circumstances obviously they make the rules and this is where the language is so irritating because that's not no that's your fault who gives a that's nothing to do with us that's your systems apparently systems that's not actually circumstance get out of here anyway if your flight is cancelled with less than two weeks' notice, you may be able to claim compensation based on the timing of the of the alternative flight you've offered. The amount you're entitled to also depends on how far you're travelling. For example, for flights under 1,500 kilometres, like Glasgow to Amsterdam, you can claim up to 220 quid per person. If a flight is more than 3,500 kilometres, so like if you're flying to New York, Miami, Jamaica, for example, you can claim up to 520 quid per person. If your flight is covered under UK law, your airline must let you choose, of course, between getting a refund or choosing to turn their flights. I've gone through that already. You can get back your money for any part of the ticket you haven't used. So if you booked a return flight and the outbound is canceled, you could get the full cost of the return ticket refunded, which is pretty lit. If you're stuck abroad or at the airport because of a flight cancellation, airlines must also provide you with other assistance until you're able to fly to your destination. What's other assistance? A reasonable amount of food and drink, often in the form of vouchers, a way, of you, a way for you to communicate often by refunding the cost of calls, if you call it internationally, um, free accommodation if you have to stay overnight to, to the flight the next day. I don't mind, put me in a Shangri-La, you see me? Um, and transport to and from the accommodation. If an airline is unable to arrange assistance, you have the right to organize this yourself and claim back the cost later. In this case, the Civil Aviation Authority advises people to keep receipts and not spend more than necessary. So you can't say, oh yeah, because of this, Jami, man hired out a Lambo to fly to, um, the, uh, to fly to the Five Palm Hotel to stay there. They're gonna be like, come on, boy, you're dragging it. You got a suite at the Five Palm, come on. You're entitled to the same assistance if your flight is delayed by more than two hours. And you're also able to claim compensation if your flight arrives at a destination more than three hours late. Again, the amount is again the amount is based on how far you're flying. If you're delayed more than five hours and no longer and no longer want to travel, you can get a full refund. So yeah, people, those are your rights. 
Um, if you want my opinion on traveling, if you haven't booked your ticket yet, uh, you might see it's going to be more expensive, but you can still find a ticket. The chances are things will be okay. But I would say luggage is going to be an issue, potentially. It's going to be, there's, there's a risk of luggage issue. Then there's also a risk of queues where you might be, you might you don't want to miss your flight. So this is not advice to you. If you're flying to Europe or short and it's less than five days, maybe try to put the majority of your stuff in your hand luggage. Do you know what I mean? Pattern at the hand luggage with some serious essentials, your best strip, da 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 da. Uh, also, get there early. I'm talking three hours minimum. Really and truly, what are you doing before your flight? Get there three hours. Me personally, I might even get there four hours to so just chill. Air tags on Apple, slap them in your luggage so you know where your luggage is, just in case it gets lost. Yeah, and those are my, those are my, that's my piece of advice. Well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this week's pod. And yeah, until next, until midweek, peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.